1201. Lord, you said that when our mother and our fathers forsake us, that you would take us up. Lord, I thank you that you are a fatherless, you are father to the fatherless, Lord. And you say, can a mother forget her nursing infant? She may forget, but I'll never forget you. Lord, we thank you that you have our names engraved in the palm of your hands. We honor you. We bless you. And we lift you up, Lord. Father, I ask you to bless the breaking open of the word today. I ask you to encourage your people. Holy Spirit, I ask you to read the hearts of your people and give them exactly what they need to hear today. Build them up. Encourage them. Pour more wood on their fire so that they can blaze and execute your word, knowing that they can trust in their faithful and their great big God. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. So remember that God is with you. Hallelujah. I saw somebody yesterday because um, I, I was not on Facebook much, but I, one of my uh, Mary Kay sisters, she said, oh, I feel so much better today. And she said, it's because I have not watched the news because <laughs> they'll have you scared to breathe. <laughs> so anyway, I, I want to encourage you. And so today, this is my, uh, you know, I live around a lot of hunters. So you know how when you take your gun, you cock your gun, and you put your bullets in there? So this is what we're doing today. We're putting some more bullets in our gun to shoot at the devil. So I'm here today to give you some more ammo because we unstoppable. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So anyway, I um, today's my title is God, God's Protection Plan. He has a protection plan for us. Amen. And so I'm going to start out and uh, I want to encourage you with one of our brothers in the faith. He's gone on to be with the Lord, but I want to encourage you with John G. Lake. Who's heard of John G. Lake? Who's read his books? Okay, so y'all better. Do we have any John G. Lakes in the in the uh, in the library or the store rather in the library? Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay. Any God's generals? Okay, so y'all, y'all read them God's general books because these were our brothers and sisters in the faith. And we serve the same God. So what God did through them, He wants to do through us. But you gotta know what they did. And so anyway, I want to encourage you. I'm gonna start out with uh, John G. Lake. And then it's funny, he was on my mind and then yesterday I was watching, um, I know she'll look too much for some folks, but I love Juanita Bynum. So whew, she could, she could, oh, I watched her yesterday. I was sitting at the table. My therapy is making bracelets. <laughs> so I was sitting at my table doing braces, screaming, ah! <laughs> but anyway, it's funny because I'd never seen that side of her before. Cause I mean, you know, we know she preaches. We know she grew up Pentecostal. And, but I, and I often wondered, this is my own personal thing. But it was nice to see her talk about the miraculous. And I had never seen that side of her before. And she told him, y'all better get on that John G. Lake. And I was like, I wanted, I wanted to rewind it, but it was alive. So I was like, oh, okay. And I, uh, and she talked about, this is real quick and then we'll go into this because what she said, she gave a testimony about her father. And she said, uh, she said my father was having problems because gangrene had set in his leg. And she said that, uh, but he told his wife, he told Mother Bynum, he said, I want to go to church. So he went to church and he was on a cane and he, she said it was stinking because gangrene had set in. The last report that he had gotten, they wanted to amputate his leg. 
And so anyway, they went to church. Church was over. And the woman came up to him and said, uh, you know, uh, I, I forget what they call him, Brother Vinum or Pastor Vinum. They, he, she said, can you pray for me? And she said, I think she said, I have cancer. And so he said, yeah. So he leaned on his cane and he prayed for her. And then when he finished praying for her, another woman came up and said, well, can you pray for me? I got such and such. And she said, next thing she, now church is over. She said, next thing she knew it was a line behind her dad. Now, now Juanita's little seeing this. And she said, by the time he was done praying, that cane was under his leg, under his arm, and he walked out of there. God healed him, made him whole while he was pouring out. So she said, I've seen the miraculous. And so it was just nice to see that side of her, you know. And, uh, and so, you know, but anyway, cause John G. Lake, Norval, Brother Hagen, they're gone. But God's power is still in the earth. Who's going to carry it? Amen. I know that's right, Miss Jan. She said, us. I know that's right. I know that's right. And so I was thinking about John G. Lake, and then she said it, said it last night. And, and I was like, okay, John G. Lake. But anyway, I want to encourage you. Before I go into his testimony, I want to encourage you in Psalms 23. And this was real to John G. Lake, and I'm going to show you how this scripture was uh, relevant to him. It says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. And see, John G. Lake walked through the valley of the shadow of death. And you could say that in our time, because if you watch TV, they don't want you breathing. They don't want you don't go out the house, you know, just anyway. So I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but I just want to just give you an idea of who he was and how his ministry started. Y'all can get the book. I'm not giving you verbatim. This is Nola's summary. (laughs) So anyway, John Graham Lake was born March 18th, 1870, in Ontario, Canada. He was saved at a Salvation Army meeting. He was converted. John was one of 16 children, and he watched eight of his siblings die from different illnesses. John grew to hate sickness, grief, and death. And he, and, and he went on, and he, he went on and felt the call of ministry, so he started studying. This is what I like. See, he had a burden. And he started studying. You know, you don't just get saved the next thing. You know, you've been in here and, and written a $2,000 seat auditorium. This is, you know, this is, you know, years ago when I got saved. And Chuck, you don't hear it much. We talked about paying the price. You don't see that. You don't hear that now. And see, this is what it meant he paid the price. He started studying. It says, during this time, sickness was still was still pounding on his family. His brother was an invalid. One sister had cancer. Another sister had a bleeding problem. And his wife had tuberculosis and she had heart disease. During this time, John G. Lake heard about John Alexander Dowie in Chicago. Y'all don't know who he is? Go get them books in there and read and find out who these people are. John G. Lake took his brother to Dowie's healing rooms. You know, uh, Lillian Yeoman had healing rooms at her house. You you walked in, you went in limping, or you came in on a stretcher, but you walked out rejoicing. So uh, Dowie had healing rooms in his house. He took his brother to Dowie's healing rooms in Chicago, and his brother was instantly healed. Then he took his he took his two sisters, and they were instantly healed. He sent word to Dowie's ministry to pray for his wife, and she was healed. John G. Lake opened the scripture to Acts uh, to Acts 1038 and it reads like this 
how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. Lake saw that Jesus was the healer and Satan was the oppressor. And see, that's a big revelation because most, a lot of church folks think that God makes them sick or they suffer for the sake of the gospel. Jesus already did that. He don't, we, don't, we don't need you suffering. You ain't doing nothing. So that's a big revelation right there. <laughs> Lake joined Dowie's ministry and became part of his ministerial staff. And that's what's important. If, if you see signs, wonders, and miracles, you see the dead, somebody on the deathbed and up and they out rejoicing, yeah, you need to get what they got. That's called paying the price. Amen. It says during this time, Lake's four-year-old son accidentally shot his wife. John G. Lake was following Dowie's teachings, so he refused medical help for his wife. But he depended on the prayers of the saints. She was miraculously healed. But this event was so startling that it was written up in the Chicago Daily Tribune. They were just shocked. This woman got shot. They refused medical help. Now she's healed. It was, it made the newspaper. See, God know how to make your name great. God does it. Because when you're trying to make a name for yourself, you fall. That's another day. Okay, it says, it, which caused them to regularly report on Dowie's activities. Because see, now the newspaper want to know, see, you know, what's going on with Dowie. What, what are you teaching over there? John G. Lake continued to cry out for more. This is what I liked. He was in a healing ministry, learning under Dowie, but it, but his his um, biography says that Lake continued to cry out for more of the Holy Spirit. And after several years of studying and seeing the power of God, John G. Lake and Dowie departed company. Lake felt a strong pull to Africa. During his ministry in Africa, he saw hundreds of thousands saved, healed, and he planted lots of churches. Because of Lake's reputation, he was called upon to help out during the bubonic plague. Yes, amen, yes, 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 yes. And so I just want to, and so, but, so I'm going to read you the testimony of that. But before I, well, you know, I'll read it first. No, I'm going to give you the scriptures first. Go to Romans 8. Because I want to set a foundation before I read this to you. Because I, you know, I just, I'm, I just let you know who he was, and how, where, how he got his foundation. And so, go to Romans eight, chapter four. And so, first, and I'm going to read. Uh, am I there? Okay, Romans eight, and then four. I'm going to start in two, two through four. And this was John G. Lake's foundation. Uh, I was listening to, uh, before I read this, I was listening to Gloria Copeland because she has her own booklet that she put out. And it's, I mean, it's like this thick because I have it. I got to find it. It's still in the box pack, but it's like this thick. John, uh, Gloria Copeland got all his sermons and had them published. And I was listening to uh, Miss Gloria and she said something that was remarkable. I never really heard her say it before. But she said, John G. Lake got a revelation on his dominion. Because, see, when we're saved, God has given us dominion. And we're either walking in it or we're living under it. 
and see he walked in it. What we would say today, we will put it like this. You either know who you are in Christ or you don't. So he knew who he was in Christ. And he knew the resources that were available to him. Amen. So anyway, Romans 8. And this was one of uh, John G. Lake's favorite scriptures. It says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, God did it by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled to us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So anyway, I'm going to read this in a message translation. The message, and this will give you a broader picture. It says, with the arrival of Jesus, the Messiah, the fateful dilemma is resolved. Because remember, we were under the law of sin and death. Those who enter into Christ being here for us no longer have to live under a continuous low-lying black cloud. See, that's what it means when it says we are no longer, we are not under that law any longer i'll keep reading i won't let me just keep reading a new power is in operation this is where we are today the spirit of life in christ like a strong wind has magnificently cleared the air freeing you from a fate lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death and see we were under the law of the spirit of death We were born to die because of the fall in the garden. God went for the jugular when he sent his son. That's what I like. He sent his son to break that off, to cut it off, to annihilate it. I'm going to read that again in a message. God sent, God went for the jugular when he sent his own son who didn't deal with the problem as something remote and unimportant. In his son, Jesus, he personally took on the human condition. He took our place. Entered the disordered mess of struggling humanity in order to set it right once and for all. And that law code was weakened. So Jesus got on that cross for us. And we're no longer under that law of sin and death. And John G. Lake knew that. He knew that. And then I want to read you something else because he had a revelation of God. He knew that Jesus, when he died on that cross, it was a finished work. He annihilated it. We don't have to, because see, the the law was weak. You know, Moses gave it out, but we couldn't keep it. And he knew we couldn't keep it. But because he loved us so much, he sent Jesus to fulfill the law. Amen. Okay, so another thing I want to encourage you with is Proverbs, because you got to know what he did for us. We know, but we don't know. Proverbs 26 and 2, the King James Version says, As the bird by wandering, as the swallow by flying, so the curse causeless shall not come. We've heard that for years, but do y'all know what it means? Because I ain't going to lie, I didn't. The message translation says, You have as little to fear for an undeserved curse as from the dart of a wren Or the swoop of a swallow. So what the King James Version is saying. So the curse causeless shall not come. 
which means this there is no cause for a curse to come on you or your household there is no cause for it because the penalty has been broken jesus took our place cursed is he that hangs on a tree he took the curses for us so the curse causeless will not come we don't have to worry about corona cov19 now they're trying to talk about sars is coming back we don't have to worry about that the curse causeless shall not come so when we hear these things we need to know what it means what is what does it means to us it's an undeserved curse and it we, it, it can't come to our household Amen. Let's go to Galatians 3.15. Cause we hear this and it says, oh yeah. But then, you know, when you go home, you don't know what it means. <laughs> I'm just being, okay. I'm going to read it from the, um, my phone. Okay. Let's go to Galatians. Cause if you know, don't know what's available to you, you can't enjoy it. So it's Galatians 3.13, but I think I'm going to go down. You know, when the Copelands do their healing schools, I've heard Brother Copeland say for years, you know, quote that scripture. But I was like, oh, well, what is that? For the curse causeless, it shall not come. It sounds awesome. But I was like, it has no reason to come. It ain't coming. <laughs> it ain't coming. Okay, anyway, Galatians 3. I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. Okay, it says... Oh, I'm sorry, I'm going down to 15. I'm going down to 15. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, here's an example for everyday life. Just as no one can set aside or amend an irrevocable agreement, so is it is in this case. God gave the God gave the promise to Abraham and to his child. And notice that the scripture doesn't say to his children, as it is meant as many descendants. Okay, I, I didn't want to go down that far, but what I wanted to let you know is a is an irrevocable agreement. It can't be revoked. We have been redeemed from the curse of the law. It's irrevocable. It's irre- it can't be reversed. <laughs> We're redeemed. We're redeemed. I know that sounds like a lot, but see, when you read this stuff and don't know what it means, oh, the curse causes it won't come. That's what that? That's good. What does that mean? It means the curse is illegal for it to try to come to you or your household. It's cause. It has no cause to. We're not under a penalty. That's not do us. Amen. So anyway, these were some revelations that the man of God had. So I just want to read you because of that revelation. Like I said, he was called on during the time of the bubonic plague, which kind of puts you in the mind of coronavirus because people were, it was actually worse because people were uh, dying from it. And so this is a, a, a testimony. It says faith causes the spirit of man to become confident. So if you're not confident, get in your word until you become confident. Now, this is John G. Lake talking. It causes the mind of man to become restful and positive. You know, I've shared on Facebook, you know, because I it's funny things that we do in this ministry and we do at home. And then you get around other folks that call themselves believers. And, and it's just sometimes it can be appalling. Like I probably shouldn't say it on TV, but 
I was with some f- Christian friends and we were about to eat. And I, I just, I, you know, I asked one of the girls to bless the food. And when she blessed the food, I'm like, I was like, okay. But anyway, I put on, I put uh, Exodus on there. You know, God said, I will bless your bread and your water and I will take sickness and disease away from the midst of you. So do you know that that means every time you're eating, you're getting healed? Most folks don't get, they don't put the two and two together. And so I put that on Facebook. Bless your food before y'all eat. Stop. I wanted to say, stop being a bunch of unbelieving believers, but I wanted to be nice. (laughs) But anyway, when you don't know who you are in Christ and what's available to you, you won't be peaceful and you won't be restful. And I'm just backing up what the man of God is saying. So anyway, it says a positive mind repels disease. Consequently, the emanation of the spirit destroys disease germs. And because we were in contact with the spirit of life, which is Jesus, and I am a little Dutch fellow with me. Okay. Oh, okay. Let me see. Let me start all over. So this is John G. Lake talking. And because we were, we were in contact with the spirit of life, I and a little Dutch fellow with me went out and buried many of the people who had died from the bubonic plague. We went into the homes and carried them out, dug the graves and put them in it. Sometimes we will put three or four in one grave. We never took the disease. That means they never caught it. And it goes on. And then he has a a question mark. Why? Because of the knowledge that the law of life in Christ Jesus protects us. That's the same scriptures we went over. The law was working. Because of the fact that a man, by the action of his will, puts himself purposely in contact with God. This is something you do on purpose. Faith takes possession of his heart and the condition of his nature is changed. So I'm going to put that in the Nola Darlene version. When you become born again, your nature changes. We are immune to disease. And that's what he was saying. The The condition of your nature has changed. Instead of being fearful, he is full of faith. Instead of being absorbent and drawing everything to himself, his spirit repels sickness and disease. See, there is a greater one that lives within us, and it repels sickness and disease. That's why we don't, I mean, it may sound arrogant, but see, we can be bold about God's word. It's because it's the finished work, it's what he's done for us. The spirit of Christ flows through the whole being and emanates through the hands and hearts. And from every pore of his body. And that's the revelation that the Lord gave John G. Lake. I'll read it again. The spirit of Christ Jesus flows through the whole being. And emanates through the hands, the heart, and from the very pore of his body. During that great plague that I mentioned, they sent a government ship with supplies and corps of doctors. One of the doctors sent for me and said, what have you been using to protect yourself? Our corpse, our corpse has this preventative and that which we use as protection. But we, compl- we concluded that if a man could stay on the ground as you have and keep ministering to the sick and burying the dead, you must have a secret. What is it? I answered, brother, that is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. I believe that just as long as I keep my soul in contact with the living God so that his spirit is flowing 
into my soul and body that no germ will ever attach, attach itself to me for the spirit of God will kill it. Amen. And that's what we have to say. That's the confidence that we have to have in God's word. He asked, don't you think you had better put on uh, put on our preventatives? I replied, no. But, doctor, I think you would like to do an experiment with me. If you will go over to one of these dead people and take the foam that's coming out of his lungs after the death and put it under a microscope, you will see masses of the living germs. You will find that they are alive until a reasonable time after a man is dead. You will find you can feel my hand with them, and I will keep it under the microscope. And instead of the germs remaining alive, they will die instantly. They tried it, and they found it true. They questioned, what is that? So y'all got me? The foam on this dead person, because the foam that that stays alive. And so he told them, I don't need your preventative, because, see, there's something on the inside of me, and when when it touches my skin, it'll die. He said, let's put it under the microscope. And they put that froth or foam on his hand, put it under the microscope, and when those, because before they put it on his hand that they could see the germs moving around. But when they picked it up and scooped it in his hand, they, they died. That's the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It has set us free from the spirit of law and death. Okay? Believe this, y'all. They tried it and they found it was true. They questioned, what is that? And I replied, that is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. When a man's spirit and a man's body are filled with the blessed presence of God. It oozes out of his pores of your flesh and it kills the germs. And that, that see, that's what I'm trying to say. We have supernatural immunity. Amen. Amen. We have supernatural immunity. Amen. Amen. You got to know what Jesus has done for us. You know, he's done so, I mean, yes, he died on that cross and he paid for our sins so that we don't have to go to hell. Yes, he did that, but he did so much more. He did so much more. And it's so important that you know who you are in Christ, your benefits. David said, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Because see, David had a revelation of who he was. He said he he heals all my iniquities. He for, he forgives all of my iniquities and he heals all my diseases. He had a revelation. And he and David, you know, David spent time with the father. And that's what I liked it when, it, when I, we read about John G. Lake. The Bible says that he cried out. Well, when you go on or get his book, you'll see he cried out daily for more of the Holy Spirit. He wanted more. He wanted more. That's called paying the price. He was in the secret place being faithful learning who this God was that he served. He got sick of the devil killing off his siblings. No more died after he got saved. No more died. When you got saved, we're the ones to make a change in our household. That's us. Who who are we going to call? That's us. We are forerunners. We are the ones that are supposed to take this word and run with it. That's why I said today I came to give y'all some more bullets to put in your gun so you can pull out your double barrel and get to shooting. Amen. Praise God. So know what, and I used John G. Lake because he was fearless. And he said he saw eight of his siblings die and he said enough of it. He got saved. And he, and Norval Hayes had the same testimony, similar. His mother died of cancer, 37. Prayer warrior at church gave tithe now they weren't spirit filled 
and he'll tell everybody and i'm not trying to be funny but he said my mother died because she went to the wrong church he said his mother could pray the walls the wallpaper off the wall but she went to the wrong church they didn't believe in healing then he watched his brother die from blight's disease and norval said no more no more amen so anyway i just wanted to talk about john g lake i wanted to pump you up and so i want to go over psalms 91 because we god has a protection plan for us that's why i say turn the news off you know what i'm saying be a hope be a hope to the hopeless if you want to say something to somebody give them the word you know use wisdom don't beat people over the head you know because i work with a lot of unbelieving believers and it's and it's funny how with this coming out i'm seeing everybody's true colors but that's okay i keep a smile on my face and like i had one guy walk in my office and he said something to me and i was like you didn't see that and he said what well, he saved i don't want to say too much because i won't and he said all i told him was he said see what i you didn't see the blood over that doorpost i ain't playing he done done too much for me i will not be ashamed of the gospel he done done too much for me amen so anyway i just want to encourage you again out of psalms uh, 91 and it says you know what okay i i before i do that let's go over psalms 23 last week i I think i told y'all yesterday i sent my kids psalms 91 psalms 23 psalms 103 and i told my kids i said take your vitamins every day take them every day this is a psalm of david and did y'all know the psalms 23 the bible says that it was an exuberant this was an exuberant song it was a praise it wasn't sad he was this really came out you know how when the worship is high and you know you might be praying in tongues and you might say hallelujah that's exuberant that's what psalms 23 was it jumped out of him yeah it jumped out of him and when it jumped out he said the lord is my shepherd i have everything i need he lets me rest in green meadows he leads me beside peaceful streams he renews my strength so if you feel weak get in your bible he guides me along the right paths bringing honor to his name even when i walk through the darkest valley i will not be afraid for you are close beside me your rod and your staff they protect me and they comfort me and then he goes on to say you prepare a feast for me even in the presence of my enemies you know david most of his adult life he was on the run but even though he was on the run from saul he was safe he was on the run but he was in a safe place hallelujah y'all y'all figure that out because see we you know everybody else is in the midst of turmoil right now and fear but see the christians who know who they are we in a safe place amen we in a safe place it says you honor me by anointing my head with oil and my cup overflows with blessings so don't everything you got everything you need from the store when you leave out your house you expect it to be sitting on the shelf waiting on you amen i got off work at seven o'clock the other night and i really hate to go to the store after work but i said i'm going and this was when everything was so there's a save a lot that i pass uh it's downtown shelby and i said let me run in here and i want to get some juice i went in there i got juice i got pork chops i mean i <laughs> was like hey i live in goshen 
<laughs> I went to Walmart. I did a video. I mean, I went to Save a Lot, um, not um, Sam's, and I did a video. And that 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 uh, wall was from that door to this door. I was like, they got toilet paper. <laughs> then I went out. I said, they got water. <laughs> so, so either you living in Egypt or you living in Goshen. It's on you. It's on you. So whatever you need, expect to have it. It says, my cup overflows with blessings. Surely goodness and unfailing love will pursue me. Ain't no sickness chasing me. Goodness and mercy follows me all the days of my life. That's what's following me. It ain't following my me, my kids, my grandkids. And guess what? It don't run through the family. Only thing running through my family is goodness and mercy. The Bible says no longer shall the father eat a sour grape and set the children's teeth on edge. Every man will be accountable for his own sin. So that means if your father or your ancestor, if they sinned or did something wrong, that curse is not going to come upon you. We're redeemed from the curse. We're redeemed from the curse. If if sickness, if death, if blindness ran in your family, when you got saved, that don't run in your family no more. No longer shall the father eat a sour grape and set the children's teeth on edge. We don't, we didn't inherit nothing from our forefathers. That's been annihilated because of the blood. That's annihilated. We are new creatures. Jesus' blood, it's his DNA. If they cut my blood, put it under microscope, I got the same DNA as Jesus. I don't, I'm a stone. That's my maiden name. I don't have the DNA of the stones. This don't run in my family. That don't run in my family. I'm not getting this at 60. That ain't falling out at 70. That don't run in my family. Amen. We are redeemed from the curse. Know who you are. It says, surely goodness and unfailing love will pursue you all the days of your life. Thank you. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Meaning I will live under his covenant blessings. I live in his house. There is no sickness in his house. That's why when the disciples asked Jesus, teach us how to pray. He said, let it be on earth as it is in heaven. Ain't no sickness up there. Ain't no disease up there. Ain't no weakness up there. Ain't no blindness. I got one eye good and one eye blind. That's not that. It ain't like that in heaven. We dwell in the house of the Lord. Amen. So you live how you want to live. Live how you want to live. And if you don't know how you want to live, say, Lord, you know what? Because sometimes you can live a life that's rough. And I'm not trying to disregard that. And when you get saved, you don't know what's available to you. You know, the devil can have your mind so whipped up, you feel like you don't deserve nothing. But that's when you get in your word and you say, Lord, what you got for me? What do you have for me? And let him show you. And the beauty of it is what he got for me don't look like what he got for Miss Pat. We are all customized. He's our designer. You ain't got to worry about no label. Your label, Jesus. Because he... He he fashioned me. He formed me. He knows what I like. And when I go to get it, it's going to be there waiting on me. Amen. Amen. So know what he has for you. You know, I know when this ministry first started, I was learning because I went to Catholic school. My family was primitive Baptist. And if y'all don't know what primitive Baptist is, they go to church on the first and the third. They don't believe in music. They sing hymns. You can't have no instruments. It was rough. I went and I, I didn't understand what they were singing because they were singing them hymns. And then the pastor, he say a few things and all of after that, it was breathing and hocking. <laughs> so, 
So I would used to sit up there and eat all the peppermint. And then I knew halfway through the service, my Aunt Nola was going to jump up and flip the pew over. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It was just like, my, if my, when my family left, the church was empty. My mother was one of nine. And all of them, you know, they, cause they were primitive Baptists in Cleveland, so they found me in Chattanooga, Tennessee, so then they found a primitive Baptist church up here. So I knew halfway through the service, I'm thinking it's about time for Nola to jump up and flip that pew. <laughs> cause you know, they weren't nailed to the floor. She would do this thing, legs would straighten out, the pew would go back, and then the nurses would jump up, and everybody would be fanning, and, and I would just sit back there and eat my peppermint. And then when I got saved, I mean, no, and then as I got older, I was going to Catholic schools. I went to mass. And then with mass, you know, I wasn't saved. I would take the communion. Most of the time I would show up hungover. I was a little hungover, but I went to mass because <laughs> it got the guilts off. So when I got saved, y'all, I didn't know what was available to me. I was, I had my rosary hanging from my windshield wiper, my windshield, my rearview mirror. And when my life started falling apart, I would pray to our Father, and then I'd pray to Hail Mary, because I was thinking somebody got to be listening, because <laughs> I needed some H-E-L-P. And so, you know what I'm saying? And so, so, so it's a blessing if you can have a good foundation. I mean, I, we had a foundation of going to church, but, you know, if you pray, that didn't mean your prayers was going to get answered. You know, I mean, my family was religious. I mean, we had Bible study on Saturdays because there was a bunch of us. And after Bible study, they'd break out the beer and the wine because their thing was the young folks, if y'all going to drink, drink at home. I'm sure you probably heard that, Chuck. If y'all going to drink, drink at home. Don't drink out in the streets. So that's what that's. I mean, you know, that you're going to drink, drink at home. We don't want you going. To... So, you know, I just that was that I saw religion. You know, and I didn't see no commitment, you know, and I saw just, it just, so when I got saved, I didn't know what to believe. And my, my prayer was, Lord, if you are real, let me know it. Cause I wasn't sure. First, I'm taught to pray to Mary and St. Peter and pray to, you know, when I was in, when I went to Regina, we had to take our math exam. We prayed to the saint for the math exam. And you know, you, you lose, you know, you lose stuff. You got a saint that you pray went to help you find stuff. And so, yeah, they got, yeah. And so we had our stations. We walked in and did our, you know, we had to do our stations. And I didn't know what to believe. I didn't know who to pray to. I'm thinking, well, who do, who do you pray for when you go through a divorce? Who the divorce? Who the patron saint of divorce? You know, <laughs> my life all, who the, who the baron? You know, I, the doctors told me I would never have kids. And so I'm thinking, well, who do I pray to? Who the fertility God? You know, and, and that ran in my family. Cause see, my aunt Nola, I was named after her. She, pronounced barren she said you know she could never have kids and so that was my mother's way of honoring her giving me her name and uh thank god my family called me darlene because my aunt nola was a pistol but uh and i remember when i met pastor barvin she said she said no what is your name because some folks call you darlene some folks call you i said well it's nola i said but i go by my middle name I said, you know, everybody knows me by my middle name. And I said, I, you know, I'm named after my aunt. And she said, why you say it like that? So I told her. I said, she don't like me and I don't like her. When I first got married, my Aunt Nola came over to my house. This was my Aunt Nola. And she said, oh, it's clean. 
I wanted to say, get out. <laughs> but that was my, oh yeah, oh, my Aunt Nola was brutal. She told me, stop wearing all that red lipstick. I ain't going to tell you what she told me I look like. Yes, yeah, that was my Aunt Nola. <laughs> Close your mouth, Brianna. <laughs> I got a million of them. But I this I ain't going there. But uh, but anyway, we we became friends after I got saved, because you know what? When I got saved, I found this scripture, and I remember I was I was at work at that time. I was working at Progressive Insurance when Howard and I uh, got back together. And when I got saved, because that's how I got saved. There was a girl that I worked with at Progressive, and she would invite me to Pastor Ron's church. She sang in the choir, Pastor Ron's, and I would say. I'm, first I would tell her leave me alone I'm Catholic <laughs> then when my life started falling apart and I lost my license for 90 days and couldn't drive to work and my mother and father had to take me to work because I was driving had an accident and had no insurance out of Great Lakes Mall in Minner <laughs> so anyway so she said I'm, I'm house sitting in Cleveland Heights I'll pick you up if you want me to and I'm thinking oh lord and I said okay and then she said, then she said well you want to go to church with me and I was like okay and so anyway i started going to church with her and that's that's how i got saved and how did i start talking about linda getting saved at uh where was i okay so yeah so that's how i met linda because i was working with her at a progressive so on my lunch i would get in my bible because i'm serious i didn't know i didn't know do i pray to mary is jesus real is he mad at me that was the big thing is he mad at me Because then the devil started reminding me everything I did. Remember when you used to go to mass and you was drunk? Remember when you did this? Remember when you did that? Remember when you stole your daddy and your mom was the wine in the the basement? You know, this like, remember this, remember that? And so I'll never forget, I was reading my Bible one day, and it says, if your ways please the Lord, I'll make your enemies be at peace with you. And I said, well, Lord, if I please you, Unola will love me because I, I wanted her to love me. Who wants a family member to dislike you like that? I mean, it was it was cold love. You know, it was it was cold. And every time I messed up, she told it. You know, she called me smoking. She could, and you know, we had rotary phones. I, I don't know how my mother never found out <laughs> everything I did. Seemed like the everything I did wrong seemed like the devil had her perched right there watching me. And I was like, oh, my gosh. But I found that scripture one day because everything I found in the Bible was a revelation. And I was like, wow, if, if my ways please God, he'll make my enemies be at peace with me. And that was the first thing he did. He mended our relationship and my mother-in-law's relationship. Amen. Because that's another story, you know, like, <laughs> you know, before I got saved, you know, I wasn't allowed in my mother-in-law's house. Yeah, it was rough. <laughs> so your husband go visit his mother. You got to sit in the car. I mean, I'm laughing now, but it was like, hey, I don't like you either. So because <laughs> they they you know, his family told him not to marry me. I wasn't good enough for their family. And so, you know, when you got all this rejection, but see, you don't realize this is the enemy setting you up for defeat. But then Jesus stepped in. My rescuing night. 
he stepped in and he saved me. And I loved Psalms 18. It says, he pulled me out of the waters that were too strong for me before they could overtake me and drown me. And so, you know, God is so faithful. So everything I read in the word, it was like life to me. It was life. And then I remember, I still remember the day. And then I had one girlfriend, her mom, they were Catholic, but she seemed spiritual. I don't know. But I remember I would call Miss uh, Anna Jones. I would call Miss Jones and I would say, oh, Miss Jones, look what I found in the word today. And I guess she said, why is this girl calling me? But I remember the day I found Psalms 91. And it was like a revelation to me. And I was like, wow. And I called her and I like read the whole thing to her. And I was like, I found this in, the, in Psalms 91. And I just, I read the whole thing. And she said, that's good, baby. <laughs> but I was so excited. Because <laughs> they went to St. Thomas Aquinas. They went to that church on St. Clair. You, you see, yeah, 105th. And see, they had a black priest. And when you went to, they, they had a choir and I had never been to a Catholic church like that. They was like jam. And I was like, Oh, okay. So I love their Catholic church, but I stuck with Christ the King because I could kind of slide in, get on the pew, go to sleep and I could wake up and then go home and then say, Lord, I, you know, I'm sorry for being drunk. And <laughs> so when I got saved, I really didn't know who I was, what was available to me if the bible was real and that's the thing that that made like when john g lake started hearing about the miracles at dowie's and then he took his family and saw results see that's how it was with me when i came to this ministry because i remember the first time i prayed with pastor barb y'all know what i said wow she prayed like god really hears her (laughs) you know Cause it was like a shot in the dark in my family. <laughs> he might, if he, be, you know, you come to them and say, well, you know, I need prayer. And it's like, well, girl, if it's God's will, you know, it's like a crap shoot. You know, <laughs> you didn't know. And then when I met Pastor Barb, and I'm like, she praying like God is hearing her and like, this is really going to happen. And I, and I used to, I used to watch her cause I was like, she's different. And see, that's how John G. Lake was with Dowie. And he got what he had. And you know what I liked about uh, when you read about John G. Lake, as he grew, he had differences with Dowie. You know, Dowie, his, the last part of his life wasn't as successful as the beginning of his life. And uh, But John G. Lake didn't down, he didn't badmouth him. He learned what he, he got his foundation, and then he kept it moving. You never read where he said, Dowie is off or, you know, da, 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 da. You don't get that from John G. Lake. It just says they had a difference of opinion and they moved on. He moved on. And so that's, and that's honor and that's respect. But, but I love that because he got what he, he paid the price for the anointing. He knew the dominion that he had over hell. He knew the devil could not kill any more of his family members. And, you know, he had a revelation of Christ. And that's, so God has a protection plan for us, y'all. And if you don't know what's available to you, get in your Bible, because he will speak to you. He will speak to you. And, I mean, he will talk to you and show you things and and, and, and just know who to, who to share it with. Because <laughs> I'm sure I look like a, well, my family started calling, now she a Jesus freak. And I'm thinking, okay, 
when I was smoking weed with y'all, I was good. Now I'm a Jesus freak, you know. So, but anyway, get in your Bible. Know what's available to you. Know what we're redeeming. I mean, it's one thing to say, hey, I'm redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So, I mean, <laughs> it's wonderful. But when you go home at night and the devil is beating you upside the head, what has that word done for you? When you got a second guess, should I go into work tomorrow? You know, maybe somebody at my job. Because, see, now when they walk in, uh, we got to take their temperature. I got to get my temperature taken. And I know what <laughs> Thursday I got to work. And I was like, ooh, I blew my nose. <laughs> I blow my nose every day. But, you know, that's the, see, that's the, the devil, how he'll try to get you. And I was like, I blow my nose every day. I'm healed by the, and I'm in my car. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. Ain't nothing wrong with me. So I walked in, and, they, you know, they got to walk in. They shoot you with the gun. And then she said, okay, I wrote your temperature down, and, you know. And so I'm like, why am I tripping? But, see, you got to know who you are in Christ. And when the devil started whispering, you blew your nose. Or, you know, and see, for me, I take my lunch. I, I always got a bunch of, it seems like everywhere I go, I got a bunch of crap. So by the time I get in the building, I'm like out of breath because I hate to make two trips. So then it's like, you out of breath. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, wait a minute. Get, your, get yourself together here. Get yourself together. And I'm like, oh, my, and that's, but you know what? When you're honest, you can say, Lord, I still got work to do. And you know what? I was listening to Norval Hayes last night, and he said something. He said, where you are today is where your faith got you. And I was like, okay. So if you got, like, a partial healing or you still limping, this is where your faith is. Shore it up. Build it up. Because it was more of a rebuke. Where you are today, is that's where your faith took you. So if you want more, whatever, more money, property, more healing, get in your word and build it up. It ain't a death sentence. We ain't got to stay where we are. But look at where you are you know, the, and, and analyze it and say, Lord, I want more. How do I get it? What's available to me? Get more. Get more. So anyway, I'm going to read Psalms 91. And I'm going to read it from the, uh, the New Living Translation. It says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. So you say, what is the shelter? Those who live in the Spirit. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge. And see, this is a declaration that you make. Lord, you are my refuge. It's like you prophesying. You, you are, you, you setting the record straight. Heaven, hell, and under the earth hear you. Lord, you are my refuge. In you, I can confidently trust. So this is a declaration you need to make. I should have probably did this in the King James Version because it says, I say of the Lord. Well, it says here, this I declare about the Lord. But I think when it says, I say, it makes more of a declaration. This I declare about the Lord. And see, that's why you need to proclaim Psalms 91. He alone is my refuge and my place of safety. That's what we said before. He is our place of safety. He is my God and I trust in him. 
for he will rescue from he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from every deadly disease he will cover you with his feathers and he will shelter you with his wings can you see that like a big eagle coming down and wrapping her big feathers and her wings around her baby to protect and that's the way that God does us his faithful promises are your armor and they are your protection so when you stand there you see a soldier well not so much a soldier but when those men had the those knights that have that armor that's how we are we are a fortified people because the promises of God they are around us no weapon formed against me will prosper I will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. And so it's like when the enemy shoots at you, the promises of God repels those bullets off of you because we have the armor of his promises. They are enwrapped about us. That's why no weapon formed against us will prosper. It'll form, but it won't prosper. Do not be afraid of the terror by night. Don't let the devil harass you at night. Don't let the devil tell you, did you feel that? No, I ain't felt nothing. By Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. I didn't feel, no, I, no, I didn't feel that. And see, with, with me, <laughs> like my, my, my brother-in-law told Howard, he said, Darlene got a gun. <laughs> I was saying, well, it's a gun in the house. No, she need her own personal gun. You know, y'all out there in the country. And, and I'm like, don't tell me nothing else, Vincent, say, don't. He said, Vincent, buy you a gun for your birthday. I'm like, don't tell me nothing else, Vincent. Then my other cousin, y'all got cameras up out there? I'm like can and so that so that's so that's my thing and then i get to bed at night and the, did you hear that like no i ain't heard nothing. i ain't heard nothing because i'm gonna be honest okay so the first night i was in my house i slept with all the lights on because <laughs> that because you know when we first moved in we had a we had a setback with howard's health but God showed himself strong and quickly as it came it left so so the first night well the second night so the first night you know all my kids were there because we had, were moving so then the second night I had come home from the hospital and Becky texts me okay mommy I love you I left the lights on and then Dan Josh texts me okay I love you we had to and I'm thinking ain't nobody gonna stay tonight <laughs> and of course that I didn't really know my way home from the hospital because the hospital was in Vanceville and it was foggy and I have my GPS, and I'm like, I'm praying in tongues. I'm like, Lord, just get me home. It's a shame you move and don't know how to get home because you in the fog and the GPS was all crazy. But, girl, that first night I slept with all the lights on. I said, this is terrible. I said, Lord, you are really going to have to help me. <laughs> but that's when you can be honest with yourself. He can't help you if you've got it all together. If you got it all together, you know, you you a self-made woman. Hey, I'm God-made. I'm God made. I can't boast on nothing except for the fact I repented. He heard me. He saved me. That's what I, that's what I can brag on. I cried. He answered. He set me free. You know, anyway, I'm going to keep going. Do not be afraid of the terrors by night. So don't let the devil harass you. Know the arrows that fly by day. Do not dread the dangers that stalk your bones. Nor the, disa- the disaster that strikes it at midday. Though a thousand may fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils do not touch you. For all the folks like the folks on Facebook, five more died. 
they don't, you know, thank God for Apostle Dinkin. He's the only one I see on Facebook to tell you how many people and how many is recovered. And I said, praise God for a man of God that's putting a good report out. He says, just open your eyes and you'll see the No. 